You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel. We are so thankful that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We want to remind you right from the start to hit that subscribe button to make sure you are notified every time we drop a new episode. We want to thank all of our new listeners for joining us on this ride and for catching up on all of our previous episodes. Last week, we hit a big milestone. It was our 100th episode. So, um, you know, 100 episodes, we said it was like over like 50 hours of content. Um, So it was a very, um, you know, it was a great accomplishment. Over almost 2000 hours of content. Yes, that is that is true. Yes. 2,000 hours? Yes. We really? About 50. Yes, I believe really? so. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that is right. Because then that would only Oh, you know be... what? Actually, you know what? I was thinking minutes. Yes, I, I was, was going to say 2,000 <laughs> hours. Listen, I'm an English teacher, not a math teacher. So it took me a minute to like to get <laughs> there. But the 2,000 hours, that's a long time. But we're getting there. We yes. are on our way to 2,000 hours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it was awesome. So if you haven't checked out that episode, you can go back and uh you know definitely check that out but eddie how are you feeling today you know what good we are in our hundreds episode 101 uh regardless of it like we spoke about in our last episode you know it's it's been a great experience so far it's been an awesome ride and now we're looking forward to see what these next 100 episodes are gonna bring and today we have a special guest with us that we're definitely looking forward to speaking with someone who we've been familiar with for years absolutely um and now we've been given the opportunity to speak with her um and just you know chat a bit about everything yeah so you know like you said we have you know uh, been familiar with her her ministry her music uh, you know everything that she's been doing throughout the years and it's awesome to definitely have her be a part of you know the podcast today so would you please welcome to the god life culture podcast helen karens helen how are you feeling today i am good super excited to be here yes you know what like we were speaking off air you know your sister ruth rodriguez pastor ruth rodriguez uh was with us a couple of weeks back um and we're very familiar with you guys and your work and your ministry and what you guys do uh but for our listeners that may not be as familiar with you we always love to ask this one opening question and feel free to answer it however you receive the question so are you ready i'm ready (laughs) so the question is who is helen Oh my goodness, what a loaded question. Who is Helen? Um, I am a lover of all things Jesus. I am a daughter to uh, Reverend Freddie and Pastor Dolores. I am the wife of Brian, the mother of Jack and Kennedy, a high school music teacher, a vlogger, a DIYer, an entrepreneur, (laughs) a frugal person, a human being. I'm... (laughs) I honestly, I am. I tend to be a jack of all trades, um, and I don't know. I, I guess I'm eclectic. 
I, I'll end it there. I'm an eclectic person. <laughs> Listen, and a lot of those things that you mentioned are things we're definitely going to jump into and speak about and pick your brain about. Uh, but one of the things you mentioned are your parents, Pastor Freddie and Dolores, uh, you know, who are currently pastoring in New Jersey, correct? Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, we are familiar with your upbringing and how you grew up in a musical household with your mom and, you know, how she would teach you guys instruments and stuff that like that. Um, you know, and off the bat, I am curious because I, I, I lost the number of what Ruthie said, how many instruments she plays. True. Uh, but Helen, how many instruments are you familiar with playing? Um, oh, my gosh. OK, so I'm a classically trained clarinetist. That's what I studied. Um, I can play the flute. I can play <clears throat> all of the saxophones um, nice. from soprano down to baritone. I can play the trumpet. I can play the euphonium. I can play the trombone. I can play percussion. I can do mallet percussion. I can do piano. Um, I can do a few chords on guitar, but I do not say I play guitar. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can play C, E minor, K, G. Um, and I've tried oboe. I haven't mastered oboe. I've tried bassoon too. I haven't mastered that, but yeah, I'm, I'm a symphonic musician. And then of course, you know, vocal jazz, that was like my minor in college. So oh, did, were you taking count? No, actually I was just no, taken, but like, I was just enthralled by everything you kept throwing right. at us. And then you started saying soprano this and, and there was other. one instrument. I really, I didn't know what it was first time hearing it. So Which one? Oboe or euphorium? what was it? Euphorium? Oh the, yeah. What? The, the euphonium. It's so funny because, um, Anything that starts with like like you for like a euphemism or euphoric um, EU like a eulogy means good. So a yeah. euphonium is an instrument that means good sound. It doesn't matter how bad of a musician are. If you play euphonium, it will sound beautiful. Um, a euphonium is like a baritone. It's like an oversized trumpet. Or if it's in like the the tuba like position, it looks like a baby tuba. If you can visualize that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, so basically what she's saying is we're going to put some respect on her name and on her <laughs> musicianship. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's awesome. I mean, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, just thinking back in in your ministry and who you are and through the years, you know, you are a pastor's kid and, you know, growing up as a PK myself, I understand there can be many challenges and many stigmas and there are many, uh, you know, just identities that surround that. And I think oftentimes when people, you know, meet you and they know that you were a pastor's kid growing up and, you know, you're still a pastor's daughter, they immediately have assumptions. They immediately think that they know, you know, what your view is on the church mm -hmm. or what your view is on pastors and pastors. Um, and I think oftentimes we can focus on the negative aspects of all of that. But I am sure, you know, that there were some um, positive experiences, right? And things that you may look back at now and be like, wow, like I am super glad I had that experience and that upbringing. Is yeah. there anything that comes to mind at this moment where you're grateful that you were a pastor's kid and you were grateful that you had that experience? Um, as, as crazy as it sounds, um, I'm grateful for that one Sunday morning when someone stood up in the middle of the service and challenged my parents in mm. the middle of the service. Um, it was a, a really dark time because, I mean, you would think like you're, you're preaching, everything is great. And now people are standing up and challenging you and, and trying to bring divide. And as a kid, it was hard because I didn't understand it much. 
However, as an adult, when I see it in hindsight, it trained me to be graceful under pressure. Um, It allowed me to learn that not everyone is going to be on your side and that's okay. It has taught me how to deal with conflict as a high school teacher, you know, you, you deal with conflict all the time. Kids Absolutely, giving you pushback, yep. even teachers, administrators giving you pushback. And I'm so grateful for those um, crazy experiences early on in my parents' um, tenure as pastors because it did form my character and learning how to deal with conflict and being patient with people. You know, and I, and I, I can't, I'm not a pastor's kid. I, I've definitely worked very closely with the pastors um, in the churches I've served in. Um, and I have seen that firsthand on how they are super graceful under pressure where, mm-hmm. you know, being this kid from the hood of Brooklyn, East New York, somebody come at me sideways. My mm. initial reaction is to go hood. <laughs> Let them but, know. <laughs> but when you've worked under pastors who have shown you the the example of being graceful under pressure, you know, those are things that those are lessons you carry with you through life. Yes. You carry that at work. You carry that in the middle of Macy's when someone bumps into you. You carry <laughs> that anywhere you go. The idea of being graceful under pressure. Um, so it's really good that you bring that up because I think that, you know, somebody else in that experience could have taken that the other way around. Yeah. You know, they that experience could have been something different for them. But your perspective is an important one. And when I think about Helen... I look back and I'm like, man, when was the first time I saw Helen? How did I come into like knowing who she, who you are? You know, I think back to the True Destiny days. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> and you know, one of the things that stood out to me from even back then was just how not only that your sound is different because I think that the way you sing and your voice is awesome, and you know what you Thank do musically you. is different, especially for what was happening in the Christian world at that time, yeah. um, but it's also the intention behind how you sing. So it's mm-hmm. like your movements, your face, the heart behind it, you know. So were you always just a natural worshiper or was that a skill that you had to cultivate because of the gift you had? Wow. Well, thank you for being so kind. Um, <laughs> very, very nice of you to say those things. But um, I think it was a combination of of the two. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I, I was born to, to worship. Um, I know my mom was my first music teacher teaching me how to play the organ and reading chords and whatnot. Um, but then it really didn't, I guess, kick in until I got to college mm. and I started studying music and I started understanding um, the artistry behind worship. And I know that could be controversial for some people, but I'm Helen. That's what I do. OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I started understanding that when I, I would sing a song, I had to live out the lyrics, you know, mm. as I, I did a year of, of musical theater. And in musical theater, you know, you have to you have to dance, you have to sing, you have to act, you you have to become the 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 part. And if you're singing, you know, uh, something from West Side Story, and you're singing when Maria and Tony are in love, you have to sing like you're in love. You have mm-hmm. to bring that to the table. And so when I started bringing that artistry into the church, and I started saying, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm singing about." how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. And when I, I would think about the lyrics that I would sing and who I was singing it to, um, 
it just became something more. And, and for some people, my, I guess, my artistry or my theatrics uh, were a bit much for the church, but I just felt that I'm, I'm living and singing the part of someone who loves God and who recognizes that God loves her back. And, mm. and I just had to express that not just with my voice, but with the, the note choices, with the hand gestures, with the, the movements of the body. And it was just, I don't know, it was something that it, it really started clicking for me when, when I was in college, I guess in my twenties, you know, just yeah. bring, bringing praise and worship together with artistry I think it's what made True Destiny stand out a little bit because back in the day, you didn't see that much, mm. you know? And so some people loved it. Some people hated it, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that just happens regardless. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, especially when it's a new sound or it's a new feel or new look or new anything. Yeah. Um, I think that especially in our Christian circles, it new doesn't always go well <laughs> with people. <laughs> it takes them a really long time to adjust. Yeah. Um, and you have to use that skill that you learned early on of being graceful under pressure to kind of like get past that because it's yes. very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to get upset. It's very easy to want to go off on people because you're like, B, I'm like doing, I'm doing something good. I'm doing something yeah. that I'm giving my heart to the Lord and you're over here giving me the stank eye. Like, what's up? Uh, so that's where we put into practice that grace of the pressure. Yeah, and yeah. I love the idea that, you know, especially for worship leaders and being in the church and leading worship or just, you know, singing, you know, at different events and, and venues and all of that, you know, I think the worship is that much more powerful when all of those areas that you were touching on are tapped into and brought into the worship experience, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that many times we focus on this one aspect of worship and what it looks like and what we're used to. And I think sometimes it takes for you to remember that God created us as creative beings, yeah. right? And God created all parts of us and all those parts ultimately can be used to worship him you know so i love the idea of even education when it comes to you know singing and worship where i think that if you lead worship in your church you should have some type of knowledge or background or experience or you know and i mean i'm not talking about going to school that would be great mm -hmm. but even just youtube right yeah. and looking up you know um you know different types of scales and warm-ups and all of those things i think that's what makes the experience within our church is that much more powerful and yes. that much more greater when we are also taking care of our instruments and mm -hmm. also taking care and investing in our craft. True. And it's funny you mentioned that because, um, you know, with this whole like new pandemic world that we live in, um, I really felt the need to transfer from being like a one-on-one -on -one voice teacher um, to now like, uh, like master classes, group sessions, and and I'm hosting voice master classes because I feel that there is such a need for worship teams to have access to quality education. Because not like you said, not everybody wants to be a music professional and go to college for it. But if you want access to quality education, I feel that you know I'm someone that can provide that. So I've actually started offering that service because. You know, we, we do need to take the worship to the next level. We have to, you know, yeah. um, it, we, we live in a world that where we're so overstimulated with everything, you know, technology, and there's always something going on. And I'm not saying that the church has to become flashy, not at all. But what I'm saying is that 
um, we we do have to take our worship to the next level. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that 100 percent. You know, and when I like I said, I go from True Destiny, but then from there I go to your Verissimo project, uh, <laughs> Verissimo project. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and you know, which if you if you follow Helen or if you don't follow her, Helen on YouTube, and she'll tell you all her her socials later. Um, you still have a documentary up on Verissimo, um, mm-hmm. which gives you a background of you know the journey. It gives you all the songs, and you know I, I love all your music. But Thank I think you. that, um, you know, two songs that jump out for me are Su Nombre es Jesús um, oh. and Dios Solo Dios. Um, and, you know, these are songs that I have not only seen you sing, uh, but I've gone to other churches where this is this has been part of their worship. Oh, like they, wow. They've incorporated this as part of their worship um, a set. Um, and have you ever experienced that? Have you ever seen other people sing your music? Um, and if so, what does that feel like for you? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it in person. Like I haven't walked into a church and be like, yo, they're singing Dios solo Dios. Okay. <laughs> no. But um, somebody did send me a video of, I think it's a church in, in Spain and they oh, were singing wow. it. And I'm like, okay, Spain, praise God. And then um, another sister church, friends of ours, Maria Angeli, um, her church a while ago sang Dios Solo Dios and Su Nombre es Jesús. And I don't know, I, I feel honored. I really do. I feel honored that people want to put me on their playlist. And it's just like, it. I feel humbled. And um, I'm just like, Lord, you gave me this talent to share it and it's being shared. So praise be to you, you know, and it's, it's a nice feeling. I can't complain. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, too, where, you know, we kind of like it's a baby for us. So it's like something that's mm-hmm. born in our hearts and we put the work in and when we like give it out to the world. And, you know, we hope that it blesses people, that it's a seed that lands in people's hearts that, you know, ministers to them and provides to them whatever it is that they're looking from God, whether it's faith, hope, some strength um, and kind of like we just send it out to the world and wherever it lands, it lands, even yeah. if it goes all the way to Spain. Um, I'm not sure if you've gone to Spain to sing any of your music, but if you haven't, your music has made it there and your yeah. music has made it to other places that sometimes we won't even ever know about we will not know the you know the the corners of the earth that our stuff has made it out to uh but that just just goes to shows god's grace you know over our lives and what we do especially when we do something wholeheartedly for him yes amen yeah and you know another thing that you that's a part of of who you are um is you are also a poet and you released many years ago you released a poetry book called images of my mind's eye And, um, you know, this is something that to me was very special because I remember um, purchasing the book right years ago when it was released and reading it and definitely being very impacted. And um, I remember, you know, a few years back, it was about three years ago, I believe I had released a poetry album. And um, I remember coming across your book once again at that time and like putting certain things together and being like, man, I could, I should take these poems that I have in audio, put them in a book and give some explanations about it. And your book was definitely something that I referenced and looked at, um, you know, just as inspiration in doing what I do, you know? So I just wanted to let you know that and, and ask, do you still write poetry? And is this something that's still a part of you today? Wow. Um, thank you for, for using my book as inspiration. Um, I have not, written in years to be honest um there has been a little bit of a of a dry spell um and it it kind of stemmed from 
from life changes, getting mm. married and becoming a mother and, you know, um, being a provider in my home. And so I guess my mindset shifted so much that a lot of my creativity, um, I kind of just put it in the back pocket and it is now in 2021 that it is starting to emerge. So it's funny you mentioned that whole, the whole poetry book because I haven't written anything, but I felt so moved to do a project with my students. And we're actually in the middle of doing a voiceover project where they had to pick poems and they have to create their own sequence beat and, and do the voiceover over the poem. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to write again. So <laughs> so it's it's been a while um, since I've written, but I'm hoping that you know, 2022, I can unlock that creativity again and just start, you know, sharing what's on the inside. Yeah. And you may, probably haven't been writing, but I'm sure, like you said, there is content within you, you know, yes. there are words that, that definitely when you kind of have that moment to just like release them, they'll come mm -hmm. um, from just all of these experiences throughout these years. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And you are also not only, you know, we spoke about this earlier, but you are also an active vlogger, right? Yeah. And you share everything with the world. Well, not everything, but you not know, you everything. share enough, right? You share <laughs> everything from worship moments to, uh, you know, your debt journey, right? Your home decor, you know, even moments that you have, you know, in your personal life and things that you have experienced. But, you know, like we said, I said earlier, you share everything, right? But <laughs> what sparked your interest in jumping into this vlogging world, especially, um, you know, I think one, it's it puts you right in a, in a position to be scrutinized by many, right? Mm -hmm. But two, also as a believer in these times, right? I feel yeah. like even more that just adds a whole different pressure and a whole different set of, you know, expectations, right? That, you know, sometimes people have of you. So what, you know, definitely inspired you to go into this vlogging world? So it's, it's, it's a few things that actually inspired me. Um, back when we had True Destiny, I kept urging my sister, turn on a camera and let's do a reality show on MySpace. Mm. Remember back then it was MySpace. Yes. And she was like, eh, eh. and I'm like, dude, our Monday night rehearsals are so straight up crazy and so straight up fire that if we were to like release a, a, a an episode once a week, every week, we would get a following. But she didn't really like, eh, whatever. Never did it. And then um I I let that go and I got married and then I got pregnant and, you know, things started changing in the sense of I didn't have true destiny anymore. I wasn't really actively participating in my worship team because it was just it was becoming a bit difficult. And I'm not saying that the altar is a stage, but, you know, I'm. I'm a trained musician and those are just terms that I use. So please, whoever doesn't, don't get offended. It's Helen. That's just how I talk. <laughs> but um, I, I didn't have a stage anymore. And I said, I need a stage. And I, I said, YouTube is my stage. And I told my students one day, like big, fat and pregnant. I said, guys, I'm going to be a vlogger. And they started laughing. Miss you crazy. I said, I know. I know I'm crazy. And that's how Crazy Karens was born. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I, I set up the YouTube channel and, you know, I, I couldn't really figure out what my niche was. And over time, um, it's been evolving, I guess, because, you know, we mm -hmm. as humans, we evolve. And so that was my first motivation. I needed a stage. I needed to continue performing um, because being a mother, it felt so difficult to go out and perform. It felt impossible for me. Mm. And I needed to feed my creativity. 
Um, and then on the other end, because I do not love money, that is the root of all evil, but I do understand the importance of it. And mm. as an entrepreneur, I, I want to capitalize on things. So I knew that I could capitalize on my life and I mm. knew that I could monetize a channel and I knew that I could earn money. And I worked very hard and got myself monetized. And, you know, awesome. I don't get millions, but <laughs> I do get something. So yeah. those were like the two main reasons. I needed a stage for my creativity and I wanted an, an extra source of income in my home. And I think those are two valid things. I think that as creatives, you know, there's nothing worse than feeling stifled, mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, what, I, like that itch of I want to do something. I can't figure it out. Maybe I can't do what I used to do and not finding a avenue and not finding an outlet uh, for that creative spirit. And at the end of the day, we got bills to pay. Yes. So if you can make <laughs> money from it, why not? Yes. Uh, you know, and talking about money, let's <laughs> talk about the Frugal Mom series. You know, first First of all, I, I just I feel like as Latinos, maybe it's so like a lot of these stuff are things that, you know, we don't talk about that. You know, mm -hmm. it's so taboo. Oh, I, I, I owe money on this or I need to finish paying this student loan debt or I need to do this or that or whatever. You know, I feel like as Latinos, we do not talk about those things. Um, so was it easy for you to be so open and transparent about you tracking and paying down your debt? Um, it, it was easy because I just, I'm a very transparent person just by mm -hmm. nature. Yes. Um, I think what, what was hard about it was like, like you said, you know, it's taboo for our culture. No, no, habla de esa cosa en público, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, you know, that's the very reason why I want to share it because too many of us are, are living these fake lives. Of, no, no, todo está bien. Everything is great. And then you're at home drowning in debt. We're, yeah. dri we're driving cars we can't afford. We, you know, we, we got cell phones that we're, we're financing. Don't finance a cell phone. Are you crazy? No. And so I, I just felt like I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to tell the world that I have six figure student loan debt. And I'm going to share that I've had credit card debt. And I'm going to share that I sat in, in the lobby of a lawyer's office with my husband and my like seven month old daughter ready to file for bankruptcy. Because mm -hmm. I know that I know that I know that there are people that are afraid to talk about it. But if I share my story, it might transform their financial life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really, I enjoy doing that series. Um, I haven't been keeping up as much and, and, and I shared why on my channel, I've kind of reached the point where I don't really have debt aside from my student loans. So I was like mm -hmm. twirling my thumbs, but I'm committed to yes. the frugal mom and I'm committed to tracking debt and hopefully being, you know, debt free one day. That's the goal. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that in in one way or another, it's also a form of keeping ourselves accountable. Yes. Kind of when you put it out there, it kind of like, oh, well, the cat's out of the bag. So I got to yeah. have to, you know, I guess I really do have to get on my A game uh, with this. What's one advice that you would give to someone who has been teetering with the idea of getting their finances and debt situation together? Um, the advice that I give everyone that, that connects with me, just get a piece of paper and make mm -hmm. a list that's it. Just make a list. List your creditors. One to 10. If you have 10 credit cards, list them. List the APRs. List how much you're paying each month to that creditor. List the total balance that you owe. And then at the end of that list, 
add up how much you are paying per month on all of those cards mm. and then add up the total. And those numbers are so eye-opening that it, it kind of like shakes your core. So mm -hmm. the easiest thing is just make a list. You have to see your debt, right? Yes. Before you can really like say, oh, I'm going to be debt free. But, but do you know what you owe? Put it on paper, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you also have, um, you know, I've seen it on your social media, a debt tracker. Yeah. As well. Is that something that, again, just this process inspired and you just kind of, you know, created this, uh, you know, to share with with those who may be interested? What what kind of inspired that? I did. I, I've been tracking my debt for years now, almost almost 10 years. And um, I had a just random little notebook and I would, you know, record myself writing in my notebook. And then I was like, why don't I create something? And I created a debt tracker and I've actually, you know, been selling them because, of course, I have to capitalize on things. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, people get on me. They're like, you have to sell them for more money. You're not making enough money. And I'm like, at the end of the day, it, I don't want to make money. I don't want to profit off of this. I just want to make it and give you a tool that you can use to stay organized. So yeah. so the debt tracker, um, it really is sometimes a, a break even type of venture or, mm. a, you know, I, I end up paying more out of pocket, but I don't care because mm. when I hear people tell me, oh my God, Helen, I just paid off this credit card or, oh my goodness, I just, I paid this off and I paid that off and now my car note came down and I have more money in my pocket. I'm like, yes. Those are the stories that fuel me and, and tell me, keep doing this. Like yeah. you're, you're helping people to change their lives. So it's, it's my inspiration. And I think it's really good. And I think at the end of the day, you know, sometimes we do just have to do things like that that mm -hmm. you know serve a greater purpose yeah um and you know there's other things that you can do to maybe capitalize on yeah. um but with that you know you've chosen that right i think it's great and you, you're seeing the responses from the people with that um as well you know you said it before and i think it's 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 a little evident that you know you are a transparent person um and i think that you do that very gracefully you know there's some people <laughs> that are transparent and it's a little <laughs> crazy whoa <laughs> Like, and yeah, the, that was too much information. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's people like you that do have the ability to be very transparent, to be very raw, very open um, about situations and do it in a way that is receivable from people, mm -hmm. you know. And on one of the subjects that this was on your YouTube page, as well was like uh, speaking about the topic of parenthood, you know, and as being the resident dad on the pod, you know, I have two kids, <laughs> you know, I've I've shared my experiences with fatherhood and, you know, maybe my concerns as well, um, especially with my first son and like the idea of being my biggest thing that I was very nervous about was whether or not we were going to bond, mm. whether or not, um, you know, as someone who grew up without a positive, you know, male role model without a dad in his life, you know, that was like my biggest fear. Like, how am I going to be able to connect with my kids, you know, and um, not knowing what that feels like for myself wow. <laughs> um, so there's been like a lot of conversations on parenthood that we've had throughout the years um and we've spoken about in different things and i think that you have shared you know very transparent moments on motherhood you know your experience uh with your kids you know there was this video that you had posted uh that my wife and i both i had started seeing it on my own and i was like nah i gotta i gotta wait till i get home um, and I saw with my wife uh, together and it was when you were sharing your experience about when your kids got sick 
um, oh, especially yeah. when um, Kennedy, and I, Jack and Kennedy both got sick, but I think Kennedy mm-hmm. really got the brunt yeah. of, of what happened. Um, and you were very transparent about, you know, where you were uh, mentally as a mom in relationship with your kids, um, specifically Kennedy, and then also how that experience, you know, brought you guys together. When I say that my wife and I were bawling, Aww. we <laughs> were bawling at this whole video because there was a lot of truths and things that you, you know, you spoke about. Uh, but also to, to see that at, at the end there was a really good ending um, as well is like one of those things that just really like tug uh, at your heart. Um, so I guess my question to you is how did you feel right after you uploaded that video? Was it something that you shared with people first and then you posted or was it like I'm just going to throw this out there and how it hits it hits? Um, I, To be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> that 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 time period it was it was such a blur um because it all happened so fast i i knew that i had to share the story that yeah. for sure i knew i had to um i i think i uploaded it i don't even know when i uploaded i know it happened in february i think i uploaded it in march um but i don't know i just it, it was such a, a terrible situation and and i really firmly think it was god just kind of like pumping, pumping the brakes on, on a wheel that was going out of control. Mm. And it's so weird. Cause I was thinking about it. I'm like, I knew I've always wanted a family, but I, I didn't want to be a mom. Mm. It's weird. I don't know. I can't even explain that too much, but, um, I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted a husband, but the thought of being a mom was a bit much for me. And I think I took that for granted. And I was actually writing a book and the book started taking a turn that was more negative than positive. Sometimes we know as human beings, we get caught up in that that negativity drama triangle. And it's just like, we just keep going down, 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 down. And, um, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit was like, stop. Like, these are gifts that mm. I gave you. These children that you have been asking for. These children that you should not have had. You had infertility issues. Even on the bed, as my guts were open, once they took Kennedy out of me, the doctor spoke over my exposed womb and said, I don't think you should have another child. It's not going to happen because of of all of the complications that I had. And, And I think the Holy Spirit was like, either you change the tone of this book or you just stop writing. And I stopped. And then, um, you know, my, my motherhood, and parenting skills were not the best. And then, you know, February 12th happened and I'm like holding on to like my dying daughter's left ankle. Mm. And I just remember just, just talking to God, sometimes crying, sometimes pleading, sometimes praying, sometimes thanking God for the victory that is, even though she's literally dead on the table. And um, I don't know, I just felt like I didn't want to share the story because it's funny you mentioned before that I share everything on my YouTube channel and on my social media, but the fact of the matter is, is that I I share maybe like ten percent of my life. Yeah. And all the hard stuff, all the negative stuff. Um. Whenever you see that there is silence on my social media, that's when you should pray, because mm. that that's an indicator that I'm going through something. Because I and I'm not knocking anybody that does this. Whoever's listening, but when people take pictures of the, the little hospital hand bracelet things. Oh, didn't pull me, pray for me. 
Y'all, I'm sorry. I don't I don't like that stuff. I'm just I'm transparent. I'm just being real. Estoy aquí oren por mí. Be like, no. So you need to go rest. That's what like, you need stop. to do. Lay hands on yourself, okay? And pray for yourself. But I'm just not that person. And so that moment in my life and my family's life was so difficult and so dark. And I was like, I'm not sharing this with nobody. And then it hit me. I'm like, no. I said, this, this is a testimony that we have to share. Hmm. You know, what God did on that day, how he, this little girl who should have been dead, who should have had brain damage. I mean, she like law had no oxygen, lungs collapsed. It was terrible. And here she is, you know, vibrant six-year-old. So I don't know. I shared the video and, and I, I hope that it ministers to other people that are maybe going through a difficult time as parents. I don't got it all together. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I'm still learning this whole parenting thing, but I'm just grateful that, that the Holy spirit rebuked me years ago and that he pumped the brakes and he said, what you're doing is not right. Either you switch it or I take this away. And, and I said, no, 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 don't take it away. I'll change. And I did. And so, you know, hopefully, um, I never, ever want to do a vlog like that again, but if ever I have to, to help somebody else or just to help myself heal, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious that all of that just takes boldness. It takes bravery. It takes, you know, vulnerability and you being okay, you know, in that space to do that. And as you're talking, you know, um, I think it's crazy. I think, you know, you go through things as a child, right? And you go through these things and they teach you something. They teach you a lesson. Then you grow and you're a teenager and you go through even more things. And, you know, then you learn a little bit more about life and about God. And you learn a little bit more about people. And then, you know, you get married and you learn some more lessons. You have kids and you learn more. And in all of these life experiences that you go through, I think there are constant lessons that you learn um, throughout each each experience, you know, and in your experience about, you know, this, this time in your life that was so dark and so heavy and just, uh, you know, a lot of things going on. Um, I ask you, what has the Helen today, uh, learned about God that the Helen in that time did not know or did not remember? Hmm. I always, I always knew God to be a powerful, wonder working, miracle producing, all loving, all present God. I just knew because I've just seen so many miracles in, you know, my sister's life and my family. And I've always, I guess, experienced God by proxy. And, and this experience um, has now taught this new Helen that God is so real and he is so present. And I can say that because now I have experienced it myself. I have seen his, you know, wonder working power in my family. I have seen, you know, the transformative change in, in all of us at Casa Karen's. And um, I don't know, it, it has formed me and it has made me more of a, of a person that is appreciative of just being alive and, it, you know, hoping to experience more of those miracles and more of his love. But um, definitely the, the Helen a few years ago, she knew who God was because she had heard about him from other people. But this Helen knows who God is because, man, when I was in that trench, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's different. It's much different now. 
That's awesome. And I'm confident that our listeners, you know, and those who are tuned in um, are definitely going to receive that and just be encouraged. You know what I mean? Just listening to all of that. um, It's encouraging to me. And I know that, you know, those connected will definitely, you know, feel that and just be challenged in those areas as well. You know, and we want to give you this opportunity before we close out to just share a little bit about, uh, you know, your social media, your YouTube channel, um, any projects you're working on, something you have coming up, where we can find you on social media. Let us know all of those things. For sure. You guys can totally catch me every Wednesday night or every Saturday morning on my YouTube channel, which is just Helen Karens. Uh, You could also find me on Instagram, Helen Karens underscore. And you could also find me on Facebook, Helen Karens. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And if you if you want to reach out, because I know a lot of people sometimes want to reach out privately, feel free to email me Helen Karens 1978 at Gmail and, and I will respond. Now, you had mentioned before your master class. Is that something that is still open and people can join or is that something you were doing with the school? Um, no, my master class is something that I'm offering to churches. So um, if a church wants to bring me out to work with their worship team, um, it could be just, you know, a, a one time thing, a two hour master class. Or some churches would say, you know what, we want to bring you out for, you know, like a, a six week training then yeah. I would go out once a week for six weeks and work with the worship team. Um, it is really a, a tailored program um, with evaluation and, you know, action plans and strategies and exercises and whatnot that will hopefully help the team grow nice. if, if they choose to apply what is being shared with them. That's the key. If they yeah. choose yeah. to apply. All right. And they can just email you or reach out to you. Um through your socials to, to set that up, correct? De- definitely, yes. All right, awesome. Helen, is there any last words you want to say before we close today's episode? Um, it is just so awesome to hear both of your voices, to connect <laughs> with you guys, and to be on this podcast. Um, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Helen. And make sure all of you who are listening that you go subscribe to her YouTube channel. Check out her videos. Um, You know, there are those vulnerable moments like we shared. There are also just, you know, awesome, uh, just like life hacks and DIY stuff that she does. I mean, she you just did like this cocoa uh cocoa bar like hot chocolate thing for christmas and the holidays like there's a bunch of things that you know she has on her channel so definitely be sure to check that out and uh follow her on all her social media platforms so helen once again we want to say thank you for joining us today oh thank you guys and for all of our listeners be sure to subscribe so you can be notified every week when we drop a new episode we are almost to the end of this year 2021 and we're super excited for you know everything that's coming up and you know all of our guests and all of the awesome things that we have planned for this upcoming year so definitely stay connected stay excited because there's a lot more in store yeah so thank you helen once again for joining us thank you to our listeners who uh once again were part of this journey with us and hopefully you walk away from today's episode feeling blessed so thank you for joining us on the god life culture podcast that's god life culture until next time see ya Bye.